battles. They're won and lost in critical moments. You know, when it comes to spiritual rebuilding, there are things that will sidetrack or bring progress to a complete halt unless we take steps to keep moving forward. Some of us have been trying to do it alone for many years and we're not getting anywhere. We're not solving the problem because we need to recruit builders to help us do something that is too big for us to accomplish alone. Welcome to Moody Presents with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. You know, any military general will tell you that a good strategy is key to overcoming the enemy. And when it comes to moving forward with God in our spiritual lives, the same is true. Opposition will certainly come and weaknesses will be exposed. Pastor Mark says that we need to protect those vulnerable areas while we're working at what God has called us to. Or it could all come to a grinding stop. We pick up today in Nehemiah chapter 4, where we'll gain solid principles for the rebuilding process. I'd encourage you to visit moodypresents.org to listen to any past program or to learn more about our current series, Rebuild Your Life, Your City, Your World. Again, moodypresents.org. With part two of Moving Forward Under Attack, here's Mark Job with today's Moody Presents. Last chapter, we went from everybody working hard, making progress, to now there's external opposition and internal discouragement. Now, I want you to hear me well. This is huge. Sometimes internal discouragement hits us at the same time that external opposition hits us. And it comes like a flood. You know, you can handle one thing at a time. But how many of you have ever been in the situation where it's not just one thing at a time? You feel like you're juggling about as much as you can. And then someone throws two more balls into your juggling thing. And you're like, okay, now I can't. You see, it says that the men of Judah, you know who the, the tribe of Judah is? Does it sound familiar? Jesus was from what? the tribe of Judah. He's called the Lion of Judah. This was a kingly tribe. These were leaders. These were strong men. I mean, they led, the the, the kings and the priests came from Judah. Uh, They were warriors, leaders, strong, not easily defeated. But the men from Judah came to Nehemiah and they said, we're tired. Some of you feel spiritually defeated simply because you're physically exhausted. You've been staying up late. You've been working overtime. You haven't been eating right, haven't been resting well, and you're just so tired that you feel like God is 1,000 miles away and things that you saw clearly before, now you don't see. Your marriage isn't going well because you snap and you're crabby and... you know what the pro you say, Pastor, I need to go to a retreat or a conference to get spiritually revived. No. You know what you need? You need a nap. <laughs> you just need to rest. Thirdly, I'm talking about what it takes to start to rebuild our life in a way that God can really use. And by the way, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. It compares a person to a city that's broken down. Number three, be willing to recruit rebuilding partners 
or the job will not be completed. Notice what Nehemiah did in verse 17. He says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king has said to me. The third thing, if you're starting to rebuild, let me just say this really clearly. I wish I could preach it well enough for you to grasp it. You cannot rebuild anything significant alone. You need others. Do you realize that you need help? Oh, that's hard to say. No, well, why don't we practice a little bit? Why don't you say with me, I need help. Now, that was hard for some of you, wasn't it? Can I, I need, okay, let, let me go a step further. Turn to someone beside you, look them in the eyes and say, I need help. Now, that wasn't easy to say, was it? In fact, I noticed a few of you married men, you didn't want to look at your wife and say it, so you looked at your three-year-old daughter and said, I need help. <laughs> because it's not easy to admit that we need help. But here's the thing. Listen, every single one of us needs help in our life. We are not in isolation, and we need help in our lives to really grow. In fact, let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ called you to be a follower of his, his, he did not call you simply and merely into a personal relationship with God Almighty. He called you into a community. He saved you into a people. He calls you to function in relationship with other people. Why? Because you and I cannot do it alone. We need other people. We need people to encourage us, challenge us, exhort us, Push us forward. Some of us have been trying to do it alone for many, many, many years. And we're not getting anywhere. We're not solving the problem because we need to recruit builders to help us do something that is too big for us to accomplish alone. Nehemiah didn't go in there and say, clear the place, people. I'm going to rebuild this wall by myself. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. Imagine if Nehemiah would have tried to do it by himself. He could have said, I can't trust people. They just don't follow through on their word. I know how to lay rocks better than other people. It's too hard to recruit other people. What if they fail and don't follow through on rebuilding their part of the wall? Some people are lazy. What if I start and these people are lazy? I can't really trust them. If he had tried to rebuild the wall on his own, he would probably still be rebuilding the wall. Some of you have been trying to change your life on your own, and you use this excuse that it's just between you and God, and I want to say you need other people in your life. You need other people. Some of you have had this circular conversation about your marriage for the last five years. Have you ever had a conversation and said, been there, done that? Haven't we had this conversation before? 
And I say, are you working on your marriage? Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're just having the same conversation over and over, but you're not getting anywhere. You're like a hamster in a cage, running, running, running on those round wheels. And you say, are you doing something? Yeah, I'm tired. I'm working so hard at it. But hey, you're not making any progress. Why not? Because you're having this circle of conversation. You're tired. You say, I'm exhausted. We've been talking so much. But you've made little progress. Why? Because really what you need is you need help. You need a third party to come in there and get you out of your stalemate situation. You need the observation of someone else. Uh, Some of you have been working on addictive, compulsive behavior issues in your life for quite some time, and you've been working on it for quite a few years, and you're still struggling with the same thing because you haven't had the courage or the humility to be honest and invite other people to help you rebuild your life. And you need help. Some of you are drowning financially and you're juggling your bills and you've gotten really good at not answering the collection agencies and Uh, You've switched certain bills in different names, and you've been through practically every member of your family. You're down to your two-year-old daughter now putting the gas bill in her name. And and, and you don't answer your telephone calls because you know who they're going to be. And it's time for you to get help. You need someone to speak into your life. Uh, Some of you have been battling depression for quite some time, and you have these overwhelming clouds of darkness that come upon your life and spirit and soul and you've played out the scenario of how you would end your life because sometimes ending your life feels like there would be more relief there than trying to live with the pain that you experience right now in your life but you haven't told anybody about it. And you keep struggling with this cycle, and it's time to bring some people into this cycle. Uh, Some of you have been in bad relationships with individuals, and you keep falling over and over as a single person in a bad relationship, and you repeat this cycle over and over and over, and you say, well, me and God, we can handle it, and God is doing his part, but you're not doing your part, and you need other people to help you hold you accountable, that help talk to you, to help pray for you, but you haven't sought the help that God is challenging you to get. See, if you're going to rebuild, you can't do it alone. You need people. You need others. Nehemiah recruited others into his life. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. In other words, two or three people have more strength than one. Now, if you're going to recruit people to your life, here's a few things that we learned from Nehemiah, the way he recruited it. You're recruiting builders into your life. Notice what he says in verse 17. He says, first of all, you see the trouble that we are in. If you're going to recruit building partners into your life, here's how you need to approach them. First of all, make sure that you own a portion of the problem you're asking them to help you with. 
don't come to me and say, Pastor, I need you to help come and fix my wife. I, I, I want no part of it. Uh, don't tell me you're having marital trouble and it's all about your wife. Someone needs to talk to this woman. No. Hey, listen, own a portion of your problem. <laughs> Let me say it again. Own a portion of your marital problems. If you're going to start to rebuild and say, hey, I'm a part of the problem. Hello? I own some of this problem. Nehemiah didn't even live in Jerusalem. Nehemiah was new to the city. Listen to what he says. You see the trouble we are in. He's acknowledging that that, that their problem is his problem, that they are his ancestors, and he is adopting their problem and saying, this is my problem. Notice the trouble that we are in. Secondly, restate the problem clearly. Some of us never come to a solution because we, re we never have identified and defined what the problem really is. You will never come up with a solution until you can define the problem. Uh, some of us uh, are, are struggling in our life, but you've never taken time to clearly state the problem in your life. Uh, don't say, well, there's financial trouble in my life and I need help because I don't have enough money to pay the bills. Listen, if you're gambling and going to the boats and the casinos, four times a month, and let's call it what it is, a gambling problem, not a budget problem. If you're stuck in a sexual addiction of pornography going to the internet five times a week, then let's not just define it as a generic lust problem. Let's call it what it is. I have a compulsive addictive pornography problem via the internet. Define your problem. Let's make sure that our, we're not staying in the land of generic generalizations because that never lends itself to solving the problem unless I can clearly articulate my problem, unless I've sat down to think about what the issue of my life is. Hey, don't just tell me I'm having trouble growing spiritually. What is it that's holding you back? Don't just say, I'm stuck spiritually. Why are you stuck? Let's define it. Let's articulate it. Do you remember the last time that God spoke to your heart and said, you need to forgive this person and release it because you have bitterness and resentment in your life? Remember how you have stewed on that and that bitterness has grown? Then don't simply say, I have problem growing spiritually Let's define it clearly. Tell me, I have trouble forgiving. And before I can grow spiritually, I need to deal with this resentment issue in my life. Let's be clear about our problem. You'll never rebuild in a generic way. You'll only rebuild and go forward when you're willing to be honest and clearly state the problem. Nehemiah said... Jerusalem lies in ruins. The gates have been burned with fire. It's a clear problem. We have to rebuild it. Uh, thirdly, ask for rebuilding partners that will commit to a specific action. Come 
and let us build the wall of Jerusalem. Uh, Don't just ask someone to help you. Uh, Make sure that they know what they're helping you do. Uh, What is it that you're asking them to help you with? Uh, Nehemiah said, hey, let's rebuild the wall. I need help rebuilding the wall. He didn't say, I I need help in making Jerusalem a better city. No, he said, I I need help rebuilding specifically this wall. If you're going to recruit people into your life, then tell them what you're recruiting them into, how you want them to help you. It's not an easy process, is it? It's hard to get the garbage bags out and examine what specifically needs to go so we can start moving in the right direction. You're listening to Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. We're talking about how to move forward with rebuilding while under attack. If you've missed any of our broadcasts, you can always listen again at moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. Also, if you're a regular listener, you might want to check out the new Moody Radio app. It's easier than ever now to bookmark and quickly access the teaching heard right here on Moody Presents. Again, for more about that app, go to moodypresents.org and you can learn more. Back to today's message now and more encouragement from Mark Job on how to guard our weak areas while staying on target in the rebuilding process. This is Moody Presents. Number four, point to a clear faith result you are aiming for. Nehemiah said that we no longer be in disgrace. What is it that you are trying to become and change and be? Uh, Let's have a positive faith vision of what we're trying to become. Nehemiah said, I want you to help me rebuild the wall so I will no longer, so we and this people no longer have to hang our heads low and walk with disgrace on our face and not be able to lift our face to God and say, here we are, a rebuilt city. And lastly, trace the hand of God in your journey to this point. Notice he said, and then I also told him about the gracious hand of God upon me and what the king said to me. Hey, why is it that you know that God is involved in this? Tell your story about how God has been working. Outline your conviction. Uh, Tell people what God has been doing in your life and how you want them to cooperate with what God is already doing. You see, they don't change you. They cooperate with what God has already begun in your life. Let me state that again. People that you recruit to your life don't change you. It's God that changes you. But they cooperate with what God has already been doing in your life. Amen? Are you tracking with me? Don't tell me you haven't changed because your mentor didn't call you up every day, twice a day. This is God that changes you as you respond to God, but people help in that transformation. And then lastly, practice disciplined attention. Don't let the voice of opposition define you. Uh, Notice what it says at the the end. He says, they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Verse 19, but, how many of you know there's always a but? But Samballot, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, and they mocked and ridiculed us. What is it that you are doing? They asked. 
Are you rebelling against the king? The moment that you start to rebuild your life, there will be opposition to your progress. Now, here's the thing. Some of us don't want to hear any voices of opposition. Before we move forward, we want all the voices of opposition to be out of our mind, out of our heart, and out of our life. Here's what I want you to understand. You don't need to silence the voice of opposition. You need to learn to keep going in spite of the voice of opposition. Are you tracking with me? Have you ever heard of schizophrenia? Schizophrenia is a mental condition in which people hear voices in their head. Now, there is something called functional schizophrenics. That means someone that although they suffer with, the, with schizophrenia in their life, their schizophrenia, the voices that they hear, do not paralyze them. They learn to continue to move forward, not because they've silenced the other voices, but because they've learned not to listen to those voices in their head. They've learned to distinguish between the voice of reality and the voice of destructive voices that echo in their head. They've learned disciplined attention. So they still hear the voices, but they don't listen to the voices. They still hear the voices in their head that say, throw yourself into the river. Uh, they still hear the voices that, that these compulsive, obsessive voices, but they've chosen not to listen to those voices, and so they can function in spite of the voices. As you go to rebuild your life, you will hear voices. Some of them are the voices of your past. A voice that says, you can never change. You've tried before. It's not going to work. Some of them are the voices of a yelling, angry stepfather that says, you'll never amount to anything in life. You'll never make it. You're not like your brother. Some of them are the voices of your own failure. Some of them are the voices of critical people around you. Some of them are the voices of doubt. Uh, those that have been in sports, I was in wrestling when I was in high school. And there's always people from the other team that are going to holler things out to you. And I remember as a novice wrestler, I barely knew what I was doing, and I would get out there, but I learned this. I learned that the other team would have people that would say things to you, and you're not going to, he's going to pin you, he's going to get you, you're never going to, hey, you know, you wimp, or whatever they would say. But I learned that the voice of my coach was the voice I wanted to hear. He was the voice that in the middle of the struggle and the sweat and the uh, heaving and trying to do things, it was his voice. And I remember looking up and trying to hear his voice, specifically trying to tune out other, other voices and, and other words and zoning in to the coach's voice because I knew I could trust the coach and I knew that if I followed his voice, it would lead me to success. You see, in your walk with God, you need to begin to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need to begin to listen to the voice of God. And you need to learn that in spite of your rebuilding, that there will be other voices 
and you'll never be able to drown them out. People will speak negatively into your life, but you need to determine, oh God, by your grace, by your power, by your might, I will listen to the voice of God. I will hear, I will obey, I will keep rebuilding. I will not be defined by other voices. I will change by God's power. I will overcome this compulsive addiction in my life. I will rebuild my marriage. I will get out of debt and pay my bills and be able to contribute to other people. I will raise my children in a way that honors God. I will be a good mother. I will be a good father. I will have a destiny and a future because God speaks that into my life. That's what I will do. Some of you need to rehearse that voice, speak that voice, say that voice, believe the voice of God into your life and begin to do what you know is right to do regardless of the voices that you hear speaking into your life. Amen? In a battle, your chances are much better at victory when you have trustworthy people around you encouraging you to move forward. That's Mark Job on today's Moody Presents, where we're learning what it means to rebuild your life, your city, your world. Next time, we're going to move from our study of outside opposition to focus more on internal struggles. Specifically, we'll address how we handle our money, discovering that our finances are directly related to our spirituality. We'll dig into all of that next time we're together in a message called The Battle Inside the Wall. Again, that's all next week on Moody Presents. I'm John Geiger, and on behalf of Dr. Mark Job, thanks for connecting with Moody Presents. We're a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.